you can't do everything great every single day. Some days I feel like I'm failing as a mom and a rock star in business or vice versa. And then there's those few days where you feel like you're doing everything and you're you're such a rock star and you want to like shout that out, but you also don't want to perpetuate this like moms can do it all all the time cycle. So it really is hard. It's so hard. You thought it, but we said it. I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach, certified postpartum doula, sourdough educator, CrossFit level one trainer, birth fit coach, a beauty counter brand advocate, and a mom to two kids. And I'm Sam, a certified and licensed therapist and mental health first aid trainer in a nine to five-ish job, along with also being a beauty counter brand advocate, in addition to being a new mom and open IVF storyteller. We consider ourselves to be walking balancing acts and fellow mindset shift mavens. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think but don't say out loud and how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out. We're sharing our stories and inviting others to the table to provide insight on cultivating resilience, shifting your perspective, and moving forward. So let's spill the tea and get started. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm so great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a little bit of a relaxing weekend. Well, at least I view it as relaxing. I know Rob is like little energizer bunny. We need to do something. We need to get out of the house. So, but I'm enjoying the rainy, crappy weather here. Oh, good. What does a relaxing weekend look like for you? Actually sitting on the couch, probably barely folding a basket of laundry. And I did get thank you cards done. Like things that... I put off because, I mean, they're tasks technically, but they're where I get to sit and do them and not stress about them. Yeah. Like the things that can wait, but you just, yeah, you just want to get them done. It feels so good to check those things off and do them while you're relaxing. Yeah. Although I don't know if three months to do thank yous is is within that normal (laughs) timeline. I just tell people, I thank them profusely at the time. I'm like, you'll get a thank you from me in three to six months. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one because granted, I have some extenuating circumstances right now, but I still haven't sent out anything for Christmas. And I keep thinking like, really need to get those done so that I can stop thinking about it. But I can feel a little bad. But it's thank you for validating later. Oh, well, oh, man. with that, we want to introduce our guest for today, who is one of our good friends and partners in crime with Beauty Counter, Brittany Beaver, who is like, I call her Wonder Woman. She's like a one man show, one woman show. She is a registered dietitian with a focus on real food to optimize health, especially during preconception, prenatal and postpartum time periods. She also has a focus on baby led weaning with over 10 years of pediatric experience, both in children's hospitals and as a mom of two littles, Brooks, who is four years old, and Bailey, who is almost two. She has a passion for using food as medicine and empowering women to take control of their health. She has a wonderful community on social media that focuses on non-toxic living and encourages women to make small swaps that can have a life-changing impact for themselves and their families. 
She loves creating content for trusted brands and has a knack for finding the best things thrifting, all of which we can vouch to be true. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank y'all for having me. I can't believe I didn't put anything about Beauty Counter in my bio. That's okay. I introduced it for you. (laughs) I know. I've been doing it for five years now, and it's my main source of income. So it's crazy that I left that out. Well, welcome, Brittany. We are so excited to have you. So we have so much to talk about with you today because you're like a jack of all trades. Also, I feel like you are involved in so many really awesome things. And I'm very curious, we're very curious about your professional journey and how that has shifted since you became a mom, because we know that kind of the premise of your career started out as a registered dietitian. So can you take us down that journey with you of of kind of how that came to be and what that looked like and, and then ultimately how that's shifted? Yeah. So I became a registered dietitian almost 11 years ago, actually, this month. And I got my dream job working at Texas Children's. I was the pediatric dietitian on the bone marrow transplant unit. So a very tough unit to work on. And I loved it. I loved the families. I couldn't imagine doing anything different. And then I got pregnant at the beginning of 2019. And I just thought about that work-life balance. I lived an hour away. So I was commuting on a bus for an hour to work for eight hours or more and then commuting an hour home. And I thought, how in the world am I going to do this with a newborn? And that's where Beauty Counter came in. I told my husband, I'm going to sign up for this. And if I can make this a real thing, I'm going to quit my full-time job so I can stay home with our baby. I didn't know it was a boy at the time. And I did. I just like went all in with my best friend, Shannon. And Beauty Counter was kind of the catalyst to how I am now a jack of all trades and doing all the things. I never would have had the confidence or the connections to do some of these other things that I do without doing that first. So fast forward, I had my son in October. He was a little bit late. Well, not late, but 11 days past my estimated due date. And then by December, that was the end of my maternity leave. I quit my full-time job and I was doing just Beauty Counter. And since then, my job has kind of evolved a little bit. I love Beauty Counter, but I also still wanted to use my nutrition degree. And then I've gotten into some other things too. So I have a private practice called Paleo Dietitian, and I see preconception, prenatal and postpartum patients. I have a baby led weaning online course that I created. And now I do content creation for brands that I really love, um, which we can talk more about that too. So it's really evolved over the years of how I bring in money and what makes me happy. And now I kind of get to pick and choose and make my schedule to do exactly what I love. Oh my goodness. It's it's so interesting because Alexis and I have had a series of conversations very similar. We actually just interviewed each other for for this. And we also had, we call it breadcrumbing, where we've been able to take pieces of what we do and the parts of it that we love and then craft it into a career that feels the most fulfilling to us and suits our needs and lifestyle. And so I love how Beauty Counter was also an open door for you into trusting yourself to create more of what you love, still using your degree the way I still try to use my clinical degree, just in a different setting. And I want to know at what point in being able to make the jump to leaving your full-time job, did you feel, was it the financial aspect at that point that you felt you could do it? Or was it the, I see the, the trajectory of where my business is going. I trust that I can do it. Like at what point was that the decision that I was ready to jump? Yeah, it was financial for us, for sure. My husband kind of gave me a number 
or, you know, you need to be equaling what you're making at your full-time job. And of course, there's all kinds of nuances to that, right? Like I had insurance at my other job and now I'm going to be transitioning to my husband's and those kind of things. But we just felt like, okay, I'm comfortable enough. And the trajectory of the business was a little bit different then. It was like a rocket ship 2019. And then COVID happened in 2020. And I was so well positioned in 2020. I had I wasn't working. I had this new baby. My husband worked from home and we were just in this little cocoon, which is not everyone's story. And I know when people think back to 2020, it can bring up some things. But for us, it was a really special time to like stay in our little cocoon at home and we cook most of our meals at home and we like to do stuff, but like our everyday routine is at home. So it was really neat. I feel like I should touch a little bit on like my story before Beauty Counter, because even though Beauty Counter was the kind of like the catalyst for all the change, the real catalyst was when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. My whole life changed after that. And that was back the year I got married in my 2015. And that's kind of when my clean living journey started, which is how Beauty Counter even became a part of that in 2019. So I feel like that really changed everything. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot in school about like what is healthy, especially being a dietitian. And then you actually get diagnosed with something and your your eyes are wide open. Like everything you thought you knew is not quite what you thought. And then, you know, you start making small changes, food changes, getting rid of candles, like that small stuff. And then it turned into skincare and makeup and then boom, there's my full-time job. Yeah. So I want to know... How difficult was that change for you when you were diagnosed? Because for a lot of people, there's a lot of resistance around that initial diagnosis and and life change, and it takes them a while to get on board with what they need to do in order to feel healthy and feel good. And I know you have that background, but what was that change to using cleaner and switching to safer looking like? Initially, a lot of like resentment. How in the world am I a registered dietitian and so healthy? And now I'm getting this diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis and there's like not a family history of it. And then I had a few outside people tell me, oh, well, nightshades like tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, like those could really be flaring you up. And I'm like, what do they know? They're not a dietitian. Like so arrogant now that I look back on it. But it takes some time to be able to accept help from other people and learn and relearn everything you think you already know. So a lot of resistance in the beginning. And then I started seeing a functional medicine doctor and I went for like my first visit and he said, we're going to do this week of, we're going to cut back everything. You're going to be basically on greens for a week and we're just going to see what happens. And I thought, okay, I can do this for a week, right? And then I'm going to have like hamburgers and pizza and like go back to eating normal again. And little did I know, like, that's when my paleo journey started and I'm still paleo and I still dabble a little bit more now. But had I known at the beginning of that week that everything was about to change, I think it would have been been a lot harder than like, oh, this is just one week. But it was so much more than one week. Wow. And sustaining that, because we actually had met with a functional nutritionist for my husband who has Crohn's. And we did, I don't know if you're familiar with, the blood type diet. And it was really successful for him. But it is very difficult to sustain because you want to feel so quote unquote normal. And he really struggles to get back and then stay there because it feels so limiting. So how have you been able to sustain this lifestyle change? I am so 
much more open-minded now. And I was so dogmatic then. Like I did autoimmune paleo and it was strict. I took my own food everywhere. I didn't drink alcohol. It was, it was hard to maintain that, but I will say pain is a really powerful motivator. And sometimes it's hard when you're getting a lot of external feedback from people and you don't exactly know how to answer. And my favorite response is because this makes me feel my best. And so if you're in that space and you don't know how to like explain it to other people or you're feeling like no one's accepting how you need to eat to feel your best, that's all you can say because you can't argue with that. But I found that I was able to slowly reintroduce some foods. And then I've learned more along the way too. Like the better your gut health gets, the more foods your body can tolerate. So just kind of healing overall makes it easier to add more foods back in. And I think food is a really easy place to look. But our healing journey is so much more than just food, right? Y'all know that. It's mental, it's spiritual, it's gut health. And then the foods are just a part of that puzzle. So I've been able to add more foods back in. Also, I love digestive enzymes. You can take one and then eat a little bit different than you than you normally would to kind of give you that extra help. So like Brent and I went on a date last night, my husband, and we ate the best like Louisiana kitchen food here in the woodlands. We took a couple of enzymes and it was fine. And like the joy that that brings is a huge part of the puzzle for us too. You know, food is not just fuel, it's joy and it's community and it's connection. And I think when you're so focused on, I can or can't have this, the stress of that is almost worse than just enjoying the food in moderation, of course. I have seen that so much in spaces. There's been studies on it too, of the amount of nutrients that your body can utilize in a state of stress versus a state of relaxation is two completely different things. And if you're in this state of stress and worry and overwhelm, every time you're eating something that maybe this isn't quite going to fit into it, into what I'm doing, or even the state of stress of, I need to maintain this 100% paleo lifestyle and just being stressed about that all the time, you're not going to get as much out of your food as if you sat down and had a burger and fries and loved every second of it. So that mental piece and emotional piece is such a huge role in in healing for those kinds of things. And I want to touch on something that is kind of what I'm hearing between the lines in all of this. And it's something that we talk about a lot, which is, and, and you guys don't know Brittany, but we know Brittany. And one of the things that I absolutely love about Brittany is she is one of the most determined individuals I have ever, ever met. And There is also this really strong internal self-trust and confidence in herself when she's given a challenge to be able to accomplish it. And so when you made that transition, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and go back to our switch in in our lifestyle and career, right? Going from registered dietitian into the beauty counter world and into these these other entrepreneurial spaces. Has that self-trust and confidence and determination always been there? Or is that a voice that has grown over time? Oh, that voice has grown over time. People would ask me what you do. And I would say, even though I had quit my job as a dietitian and I was doing beauty counter full-time before I was seeing clients, I would still start with, I'm a registered dietitian. Because you feel like you need that validation from others that like, I am educated I am knowledgeable and I also do beauty counter as if beauty counter can't be the main thing. 
And I still struggle with that now, even after five years and being successful and going on all the trips, et cetera. People have a view of what that looks like. And so sometimes I will say, I'm a dietitian, but Beauty Counter is my main source of income. And then I've recently been adding in, I'm a content creator for brands. And I didn't have the confidence to say that before, but I do have contracts with brands where they pay me to make content. And I'm like, that is part of my job title. But people have a certain view of what that means, that you're just like an influencer talking about products that maybe you don't even use or trust. And we y'all know that I would never do that. So it was interesting to now add that to my, you know, when you your elevator pitch when people meet you. I want to challenge that even further. And the reason I say that because is I struggled with this the other night. I went to a networking event and I really struggled because all of these women had developed their own businesses. And here I am feeling almost like a leech associated with like beauty counter that I'm just a network marketer when I am this clinical expert in a clinical space. And now I'm talking about the podcast and I would lead with the podcast, obviously, because that's one of the reasons that I was there to do. But I felt so self-conscious about it. And I'm wondering for you, and because I and this, it just hit me as you said this, that as a woman, I need to stress my level of education and intelligence before anything else so that you see me as a smart, capable woman. Yeah. Yeah, that we just have hurt this view. Say that out loud. That is, yeah. you nailed it, Sam. That is it. Because we have been talking about this, Sam and I, like on an individual one-on-one level, because I have been thinking about my role as a postpartum doula. And I honestly think I have held on to that work, not because, not just because I love that work so much and I find it so important, but also because it's respected as a certain type of job. And I always lead with that, that I'm a postpartum doula. I have my bachelor's degree in nutrition. I've done all these other things. And I'm a beauty counter brand advocate when really the beauty counter work has always made me feel so energized and like, and, and like I, I have this business mind and presence that is so different from any of the other positions, but it's the perception of how people are going to view me when I say that I do that also that keeps me from putting that at the forefront. I want to I want to lead with all the other things and be like I am smart. I know what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not uneducated. So, man Sam, you really nailed it. Good job summing that up. Well, because as I'm thinking about this as the platform of what Beauty Counter stands on, right? And I don't think I realized this until recently. And Brittany, I'd love your thoughts on this too. I think what pushed me to connect with this brand outside of loving the products is I watched other women that I respected do it. Like this all started when I first started seeing Lexi Davidson of Lexi's Clean Kitchen sharing about Beauty Counter. And I'm like, she's a brand advocate. And I respect her as an educated and capable businesswoman. Then this is something that I can do. I loved the product piece, but what I realized only as of recently, and I'm four and a half years in, so just a little under Brittany, is that why I gravitated is because it was a platform that not only gave you a voice, encouraged you to raise your voice and your standards. And so that is kind of how I have connected with the brand. So how was that, aside from the clean products, what was it that stuck out for you there? I can remember my very first video, like announcing that I was partnering with Beauty Counter and like with a very shaky voice, I'm 
you know, telling people, I think you can scroll way over and see it in a highlight on my Instagram. But the reason I decided to partner with them is I thought as someone who had been eating clean and like working on my disease state for for years before I joined with Beauty Counter, four years before I even started, if I didn't know that the products on the shelves weren't clean, how many other people didn't know that? Especially as a medical medical professional working with a lot of other people who were like-minded, I didn't know and I could not be quiet about it. And that is why I decided to join with them. Then I saw the income potential with it. I was watching Cassie Joy Garcia do it, a respected colleague who was also an Aggie who has, you know, cookbooks and if she can do it, I can do it. And then really the income potential is what drove me to go all in because I wanted to quit my job. But yeah, not being able to be quiet and wanting to spread the word was my most powerful motivator in the beginning. And I obviously loved the products. I got the chills because I feel the same way. I think Alexis does too. I can't be kept quiet. I mean, there was a, a post on Instagram recently for those of you who were caught, like, were, who couldn't stop talking class and always were in trouble. Like, what do you do for a living now? Hello. That was me. That was me. <laughs> My name was always on the board. I was always on the recess fence, not getting to play because I could not be quiet in class. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we also all feel a responsibility to share because I think that there is such an internal compass of integrity that we are all trying to follow when it comes to this. And I promise you, this is not a pitch for Beauty Counter, but if you're listening, it is a pitch for Beauty Counter because it's it so incredible. But then I want to know, how did that confidence then shift into your online baby led weaning? And by the way, Brittany answers all of her DMs because I think I harassed her nonstop when I was pregnant. I'm like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? And I, that's how I found out about needed and I found out about baby led weaning. And now she's, and I love that you now identify as content creator because she creates great content. And those Thank are you. skills I bet you didn't even think about previously that these, yeah. these are now skills I now have because of this. How did beauty counter give you the opening and trust in yourself to then build into your nutrition and a baby led weaning and having that course and partnering with other brands and becoming content creator and how did you breadcrumb your way into those? I mean, I was growing my Instagram community before I started with Beauty Counter, which I think helped me be successful with Beauty Counter. But I had never in my wildest dreams thought I would work with brands that I love. So I think being on Instagram and being with Beauty Counter introduces you to people who are doing what you want to do. And it, you can watch other people do it and think, if they can do it, I can do it, you know, or that's at least what I think. And I met a girl named Nicole and she had a brand called Choose Food Wisely. She's a functional medicine dietitian. And she asked me, do you want to start seeing pediatric patients with me? And so I started doing that before I quit my full-time job. And something about it just didn't light me up. Working with pediatric patients in the hospital was incredible. You're one-on-one with a kid and their parents are there, but something about seeing them online and not in person was not my thing. So then when I kind of I got pregnant and then I started with Beauty Counter. I saw this opportunity to work with women who are preconception, prenatal, and postpartum. And I think being online with Beauty Counter and people asking me a ton of questions about needed made me see that there is this gap in the market of dietitians working specifically with this population, this perinatal population. So that's when I started working with needed. If you don't know, it's a brand that is 
basically the beauty counter of the supplement world. They are, I say, yes, they're a B Corp. Their testing is unparalleled and they have this mission to really shift the perinatal space because we are so underserved in this population. And so I went on a few trips with them and I met other practitioners who are really making a huge difference in the perinatal space. And that's when I decided like, okay, I'm going to launch a, launch a website. I'm going to start seeing these people. I have the credentials already. I can do it over Zoom. And there, I do not like working with adults with a, from a nutrition standpoint because adults do not do what you say. Adults do what they want to do unless they're pregnant because they are powerfully motivated to do their best for a baby that they're growing. So kids and pregnant women are my favorite populations because they actually listen. So just beauty counter opened the door for needed and needed opened the door for me to start seeing my own clients. And then that opened the door for me to start creating content for these brands I love. And the way I find these brands is I meticulously research the products that I bring into my home. And then I just tag them on Instagram and then we get connected and then it grows from there. So most of the time when a brand seeks me out, I'm like, no, no, thank you. They're not meeting my standards. So more often than not, it's me finding brands I love and then connecting with them on Instagram and it growing. So it's just me representing brands I'm already using. I think that that's such a different way of doing that kind of, you know, quote, influencer work, because we kind of assume that influencers are just getting whatever, you know, they're taking whatever they're given, essentially. But you've really built a brand and a business around true integrity. And I only use this because or I'm only promoting this because I would use it in my home. And I do use it in my home. And it's not like brands are pitching to me, and then I'm using it. And then I'm promoting it. It's like I legitimately do that. So I feel like you would find so much success building a business around that. When you actually have some integrity. I cannot tell you how many companies I either sometimes I don't even reply, but how many companies email me each week wanting to send me product or wanting me to be an affiliate with them. And I turn most of them down because they don't meet the standards. I wouldn't be using those products anyway. And I think when you have an audience that knows that you've done the research, they just buy what you're selling, no Mm -hmm. matter what it is Mm -hmm. from a prenatal or, you know, from a prenatal all the way to the best skincare. They know you've done the research and they trust that no like trust when you're online. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're creating that trust with your audience. And I think that that is where a lot of the influencers of the world have gone wrong because there are a lot of paid partnerships for here. You know, because people try to do this for a living and want to be the next influencer and want to stay at home. And I need to make money. So there's a willingness and a desperation sometimes to partner. But when you're really staying true to what your core values are and you're the one selecting, you're creating a different environment, not only within your own page and following, but I think even within yourself and what you stand for and and how you're choosing to select these opportunities. And what I keep thinking about and I do think this is a, a unique skill set and something that, you know, a muscle that we talk about that can be flexed is knowing opportunities when they present themselves, like actually acting on them. And I, I would gather that there are a lot of people that second guess themselves when it comes to those opportunities. So I love that you have paved the way for yourself being able to do that. So how do you juggle all of this with being at home? And for the record, we, we on this episode are abolishing, I, I don't think I said it before we hit record the stay-at-home mom 
mentality because whether you're, you know, have a, whether you have a side hustle or you're working full time or you don't have a side hustle, moms do so much work. So we're changing the narrative and calling it working mom. So Brittany, what does that look like for you on any given day? Yeah, I have help and that's how I do it. And I couldn't do it if I didn't have help. You can't run this many different businesses in the window of a nap time. You know, I wish I could, but you cannot. So I have a nanny that comes two days a week. It's about 11 and a half hours total. And then the kids both go to a Mother's Day Out program two days a week. So that's 10 hours. So it's not a full-time, you know, I don't have 40 hours a week to work with, but I am focused when I get into my office. I always keep a to-do list. um, So I know exactly what I'm doing when I get in here. And I think because I love what I do, I'm always itching to get into my office to work. Some days, I mean, some days I'm not motivated, but I also know this is my income and I have to be motivated to get it done. It's harder on those like weeks where maybe I don't have any clients and I just have content to create or, you know, thank you notes to send like we were talking about at the beginning. It's it's harder sometimes to stay focused and I'm like, oh, I would love to use this nanny time to go thrifting or go to the grocery store instead. But I really try to use my paid childcare time to be in my office and working. And then any of the other stuff that I need to do, like grocery shop, I save that and bring the kids with me, even though it's 10 times harder. You know, they can go on outings with me. So that's one way I balance it. And then on the weekends, like today's a Sunday, my husband is hanging with the kids so I can come up and do this. And I'm sure I'll sneak in some extra emails and stuff before I go back downstairs. So just asking for help and knowing that you can't do it all, you have to have that help. Is how I, hopefully how I balance it. You know, balance is elusive. You can't do everything great every single day. Some days I feel like I'm failing as a mom and a rock star in business or vice versa. And then there's those few days where you feel like you're doing everything and you're you're such a rock star and you want to like shout that out, but you also don't want to perpetuate this like moms can do it all all the time cycle. So it really is hard. It's so hard. Yeah, we're big proponents of you can do it all, just not all at the same time. And yeah, you know, I think being multi-passionate is hard um, because there's a lot of things that you want to do. I will tell you again, having the privilege of learning from Brittany, she is very efficient with her time. I have started taking some of her tips and trying to put them into practice. I feel like my head is spinning half the time. But I also want to know, what does your communication with your husband look like? when it comes to needing that extra time to work? Like how does that balance out and time with, you know, the two of you in a relationship? Yeah. In the mornings or in the evenings, sometimes we'll chat and I'll say, what do you need to get done this weekend? And he'll tell me his like top two projects. And then I'll say, okay, I need an hour in my office to get a few emails done or send out samples or whatever it is that day. And we'll kind of think about the schedule and how we can get it all done. And we know we both, the kids nap at the same time right now. So we have this normally two hour chunk where we can do something together. And so sometimes on the weekends, we'll carve that time out just for us. So we'll work, we have a gym in our garage. We'll work out together. Yesterday, we did a sauna together. And then I surprised them with a date night last night, which is very rare for us. We don't do a lot of date nights, but we do prioritize after the kids go down at seven. That's our time together. And Brooks will try to sneak down the stairs and hang out with us. And we're like, no, This is mommy and daddy's time and it's really important that we spend it together. So whether we're watching a show 
or sometimes we'll just crawl in bed early and like I'll read my book and he'll scroll on his phone, but that's not very good quality time. But that is what we do. That's real life for us. <laughs> and then we'll try to do something special every now and then. Like we have a fire pit in the backyard and we have a pool with a hot tub. So it's like we'll make like a little date night, but we don't do that as often. So just communicating early in the day, what do we need to get done? I think is the biggest way we try to be successful and both get what we need done. What I think is like so cool about you addressing how you balance all of this out is that you have from the get-go treated it like real work that you have to get this done and you prioritize it and you get the extra care help that you need in order to do that. I think at least from my personal experience, Mm -hmm. until you do that, you're just going to be stuck not moving forward on anything because you haven't truly accepted that this is this is really a business like this is a lot of work that I'm doing and I have to treat it like that and be efficient with my time and get care for my kids like I can't just do this work while they're while they're napping you can't wing it yeah you can't wing it or anything you're very intentional yeah intentional yeah yeah but And I think that's even beyond beauty counter. That's when you see your clients. That's when you're doing content creation. You have to be very intentional. And I, because here, here's what I'm also hearing too, not, not from you, but just in, I'll say stay at home moms in general. It's because we're home. Our time is not respected is yeah, what, I, what I hear yeah. a lot. Yep. And so you're expected to fit in everything that you need to do, even if it is a paid job in the nooks and crannies because your main responsibility is your child. And I, I don't stay home. I work, but because I work from home and my husband does for the most part, but sometimes he's in the office, but because I have the more quote unquote flexible schedule, there's the expectation sometimes of being the one to have to adapt and squeezing yourself in. So was that something that, that came easily to be able to structure that out? Or was that like a tug of war basically in the beginning? No, it's still a tug of war. I am the primary parent. My husband works outside the home. So like, say I have childcare for the day or Mother's Day out. If someone is sick, my whole day is gone. Like he's not going to take off work to come home. Even if I have clients scheduled or I know I need, I have a deadline for a video, like I have to figure it out basically. And that is really hard. That's a hard pill for me to swallow sometimes because it makes me feel like my work is less valuable. Mm. But I just have to remind myself, I am the primary parent. This will not be forever. They will be in school eventually, which if they're sick at school, I'll still have to adjust my day. But that's just, that's just the nature of it. And I try to ask myself, like, I'm upset and that's okay because my day is now off the rails. But what would the alternative be? Would I want him to drive 30 minutes back home and take a day of PTO that's going to affect us later because we can't vacation like we want? Like, no, I wouldn't want that. So I try to reframe it. I'm so thankful that my job is flexible and that I can maybe roll these deadlines to nap time or whatever. So it's still a tug of war. I do not have that part down and I can feel resentful sometimes. And it's good for me to talk to Brent about it. And I tell him like, my time feels less valuable than yours today. And he'll tell me like, it's not, you're, you know, you're so good to our family. You're the best mom. And he's a words of affirmation. I love words of affirmation and he's a sweet talker. So it's perfect together. So he like tries to smooth it over, you know, but I try to voice those things so that it doesn't just build up. But I will say, I do not have this all down. Like I have those days where I think, woe is me. I'm doing it all. And 
I had this huge mental load where I'm making sure everything is flowing smoothly and no one sees me and no one's appreciating me. And then, you know, they do, they appreciate us. And I have to remind myself that like, how lucky that I get to stay home and be this flexible. And then my husband will offer up a solution, which I'm not asking for, of course. And he'll say, I mean, you could go back full time somewhere. And I'm like, how dare you even uh, like bring that that. (laughs) Yes, I love staying home. So it's like you want your cake and you want to eat it too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so transparent and vulnerable about that. Because I think a lot of us can get in our heads of what life looks like for everybody else. And they must have it all figured out. And they don't have a bad day ever and all that. And I think it's so important. And Sam and I have this passion to just bring in as many real people as possible to share what what it really looks like to do yes. to do all the things that women do. And sometimes it is really hard and it's really frustrating. And and also we have, you know, some really great things going on too. So I really and appreciate I, that. And I keep thinking about the doing it all because I think it's because we are regularly in the position to have to figure it out because balls on our lap. And Alexis and I have like this love-hate relationship with it because it's a great skill to have that we can be resourceful. But it's also frustrating that we're always the ones to have to figure it out. And even in my position where we're both working and a lot of the time from home, when it still falls on me to figure it out because I'm the more flexible one, that's how it, or my schedule is more flexible. And then I remind myself that I'm lucky to have a job that has a little bit more flexibility than he does. So, yeah. And I think it's important for other moms to hear this too, that maybe are in a different position. Like I had a mom say to me, you are so lucky that you have a nanny. And I thought, it's not like I'm just sitting and watching TV with bonbons and have a nanny taking care of my children. If I were working outside the home, would someone say that to me? Absolutely not, right? Like you have childcare because you work. Mm -hmm. And people have this idea like, oh, you work from home. You should just be able to take care of your kids and work from home. So it's not just important for us to hear that, but for other moms, like how you speak about other moms and you don't know necessarily what's going on in their life. And it it hurt my feelings a little bit, but I just had to remind myself like she's not working. So she doesn't have childcare and she wants that. You know, she wants what I have but she doesn't know the intricacies of my day-to-day life. So just being careful how we talk to other moms, I think is important too. Totally. And I want to, I was thinking too, like I've told people before, especially postpartum clients, like it's not like you have to be working in order to get childcare. You can get childcare for whatever you want. And it is nobody's business for what it is for because stay at home mom is such a giant workload. It's huge. And so if you need childcare just to have an hour or two like to breathe by yourself without anybody coming in to ask you a question and do it. That is so valid. And yeah. Who cares? Well, I mean not who cares because we do care, but also we could we need to kind of adjust that mindset about childcare that oh lucky you for having a nanny or a baby regular babysitter it's really important to get that care i think people think because you stay at home you shouldn't need time for you and they don't realize that the time that you're home 
you're likely not taking care of you. You're taking care of others and things for the home. And so you are entitled to have time for you too. And that is, I think, the differentiator. Yeah. Alexis, you said something earlier that I would love to address before we're done. You were talking about like when you're starting your business, like you have to treat it like a business and have that dedicated time to work. But I also want to say about that, there was a point whenever I was building up my beauty counter business where I didn't have a child yet. I was pregnant and I was working a full-time job and I was working in the nooks and crannies because there's this in-between time where you're not making enough money yet to maybe pay for childcare Mm. and you're in that transition period. And if someone is in that period right now, I want them to know like it is okay to work right before bed or get up before the kids to get it done. Like you just have to put in the time and the energy and the consistency to get it to where you want it to then be able to hire the childcare. It can still be a business and you can still be serious about it if it is in the nooks and crannies. And so I just wanted to say that for the people who might be in that in-between right now. I'm so glad that you said that. I live there. (laughs) Because, I mean, that's how I've worked everything up until recently is all in nooks and crannies. And clearly you can get things done. Definitely. It's about the intentionality because especially like everyone who I work with in this space is a, has a full-time job and does this in addition to. And so when you work a nine to five, like it's very hard to find that extra time and you don't want to take away because this was a big battle early on and taking away from our time, our family time, et cetera. So I have found, because if you're intentional with it, like if you're standing in line at the supermarket and there's someone you could reach out to to follow up with them, use that time. You're standing there anyway. Why not? It's still an efficient use of your time. What's not efficient is scrolling and comparing your content and your business to somebody else's at that point, which I have gotten caught in quite a few times. So it's hard. Uh, All right. Well, we have so much more that we could talk about, but in the essence of time, I think we should probably wrap up, but it was so wonderful to have you. I want to know, Brittany's an avid book reader. What is your most recent book, Guilty Pleasure? Oh, I just finished this book called The Identicals by... Ellen Hildebrand. She's one of my favorite authors. And it's just like an easy beach read. And I've read a heavy book before then called When Breath Becomes Air. And it was incredible, but it was really heavy about a neurosurgeon who got diagnosed with a terminal illness after he had worked his whole life to be a neurosurgeon. So both of those were excellent, but the beach read was like so easy and good. And if you don't have good reads and you're a reader, you have to get that app so you can keep track of what you've read. I had to say that because a woman at the airport was like, I don't know. I think I've read that. And I'm like, you don't have good reads. You have to get it. <laughs> okay. I'll have to get that now too. <laughs> yes. It is a very useful tool. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Brittany, and sharing so much of your life with us. We know so many people are going to find value in our conversation today. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great Sunday. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, 
never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable, and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20. Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. underscore Samantha Kehoe and Alexis.TheNourishedBeginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned. Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love. Thank you.